0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first Pro-America Report for 2022. Uh, I am Andrea Kaye, continuing to fill in for Ed Martin, who is continuing his little sabbatical. And, you know, Ed has worked so hard in 2020 and 2021, actually for years now. Uh, to continue the fight for conservatism, and so he's taken a much-deserved little time off, and so we support you in that, Ed. Hopefully, uh, you guys will continue to support me, Andrew Kay, as I fill in for Ed Martin. I would say his Ferragamos, but he might be in some sandals right now on the beach, so I don't know. I think he's still in his (laughs) crocodile
2: dandy attire, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, he's continuing his crocodile Dundee walkabout, uh, so but but not in. A, I wouldn't imagine he'd be doing that in Australia though, right? Because you don't have any freedom in Australia. and No, America, he's just doing it somewhere else. <laughs> he's doing it somewhere else, possibly in Florida, like AOC, because it is isn't that where all the cool kids are going from DC? They're going down to Florida. Hey, super uh, glad to to launch twenty twenty two on Pro America Report here, and that voice, of course, as you know, is our technical director Noah. Um, we're gonna have a great show today, of course. We're going to tell you what you need to know today, and then we've got a couple of great guests lined up for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, Before I get into today's Wink, i got to ask my man, Technical Director Noah, if he had a great New Year's.
2: I did. You know what? I used to. Oh gosh, I'm dating myself, but you know, when I was a young whippersnapper, as uh, as us old people say, um, you know, I used to, you know, try to make pl- plans with friends and go out do something exciting. There are too many crazies out there to be doing something exciting, so I hunkered down with my girlfriend and mm-hmm. her kids. We did finger foods, and yes, we did have potato skins. I want to point that yeah. out? Played okay. board games, watched some TV, saw the ball drop. It was fat- fantabulous. It was great.
1: That's just the perfect way to spend New Year's Eve. By the way, uh, technical director Noah for Pro America Report is also my producer for the Andrew K Show, and he's lovingly referred to as DJ Potato Skins. Um, But that's my favorite way to bring in New Year's Eve. is just at home, quiet. You know, I'm from New Orleans, and you know that's just not our big our big night. Okay, we got Mardi Gras, we got other we got other times that we get out into the streets. New Year's Eve was never really one of mine. Yeah, same here. Right. So however you all out there brought in uh, 2022, we're just glad that you're here with us today. Okay, so some things are a little bit different. And as we go into 2022, they fire Fauci. Well, they haven't fired Fauci yet. But what's different is the narratives being pushed out as we go into 2022 by the left, by Fauci, the Democrats, all of their mouthpieces in the media regarding anything that re- that relates to COVID, whether we're talking about mask shots, etc. And I found it really fascinating. And, and, I, and, I, and I've got to really give some thought as to what, what's behind it. I think we could probably uh, think about what's behind it and maybe look. Later on when we do the what you need to do section of the show, maybe I'll have a brainstorm as to what's behind this. But let me read some of this to you, Noah, because you might you might actually have an idea as to why these things are, are – uh, Sure. Are let's spooky. see what's going on. Yeah, and I'm going to read this list to you from Ben Shapiro. I don't, don't normally do that on my show or anybody else's, but he did a brilliant job of d- basically documenting, numbering all the different narrative shifts related to COVID and who said it. Number one, cloth masks are ineffective against Omicron. This was a Democrat doctor on CNN. Number two, the vaccinated can spread and get COVID. See, already, number one and number two are shifting away from what they previously have said about coronavirus. Number three, the death rate is comparable to the flu. That was Chris Hayes, MSNBC. That's that's a remarkable shift right there. Number four, this is an incredible. You're gonna you're you're probably gonna you know flip your lid on this one. Fauci saying many people are entering hospitals with COVID, not from COVID.
2: Interesting.
1: That's, that is, a, isn't that quite the interesting, if not kind of shocking, revelation there? Number five, natural also from Fauci. Natural immunity is a reason Omicron hasn't been as virulent. Now, Fauci initially, remember, he had said that we got to get everybody the the shots. Once we get to 73 percent, I believe it was, we'll have herd immunity. Then he said herd immunity was not possible. He's said nothing about natural immunity. This is a spectacular twist from Fauci to be mentioning natural immunity at all. Number six, this from the CDC. We have to take into account societal needs, not just spread prevention, that is a horrifying twist. That's uh, a it,
2: communistic it, twist.
1: It is, because, but, but it's interesting for you to think about as to why they would make this shift, why they would admit that this isn't about science. It's about controlling the people, the masses. Uh, this number seven is from the NFL. The asymptomatic should not be tested. That's a major shift as major well. Major shift. Yes, because so much of the power that was seized, the control of the American people, was done under the idea that the asymptomatic asymptomatic were the spreaders. Therefore, everybody had to be tested, and we continue to see the push for the testing today. For the NFL to come out and say this, uh, you know, it, the reason I think it's clear. The reason behind them is that they, they you know, they're not going to be able to continue their industry and continue their money making off of the industry. That is the National Football League if players have to – who don't even have a sniffle have to sit at home for five days, right, because they were forced to take a test and have the government tell them they're sick when they're not. Number eight, we should focus on hospitalizations and deaths, not case rate. Biden. Biden. That's a major shift because we know we've spent the last almost two years now really dealing with the case-demic because they knew we didn't have millions and millions, 200 million, 100 million, 50 million Americans roaming around sick, dropping dead. What we had was – that that's why they pushed out the asymptomatic with the spreaders. That's why they pushed out the test. Because um, they wanted to have the case rate high, they didn't want you focused. They, because with case rate, they, then they were able to fool people into thinking case rate meant meant caskets. Number nine: Children are not at risk, and schools should remain open. Um, he doesn't say who this was from. I think I think this was from CNN. And also, I believe from CNN, COVID is predo- – number 10 – is predominantly an illness affecting the immunocompromised and elderly, and we should not shut down society. So these are major shifts that we're seeing in the media. This includes the media. It includes Fauci, it, it, which is the CDC, Joe Biden, all at, at, at uh, the highest levels of those who have been pushing out these falsehoods for two years. What do you think is behind this? Noah,
2: i think they realize that the american people is wising up and so if they don't shift some of their narratives that they're going to lose even more people in this play for power so i don't think they have a choice in some of these things
1: dead on i think that ultimately what it's about is they're they're having to shift to move what they which
2: also andrea puts biden's mandate i mean if, if that goes through i mean you don't want to test you know healthy people how many healthy people are going to get tested at their jobs if that thing stands
1: well, it's interesting I think that I think that they're expecting the Supreme Court to shut down to shoot down the the mandates uh, national mandates via OSHA. I think what they're doing is although they're not going to withdraw their their uh case their their oh, of course uh, as, not. as it moves as to SCOTUS. I think it's more about i mean they would love for scotus to come back and and uphold it. I think it's more likely as they're moving into twenty twenty two Right, they're moving into 2022. They see these poll numbers. They see the resistance. They really thought, particularly with Omicron, with these boosters, they really thought that they would have 90% of Americans fully under under submission at this point, and they're not seeing it. And they're concerned about. Um, it's one of the reasons why uh, Ed Martin has put out in, in the wink in his newsletter about the Democrats trying to remove the filibuster because they, they know can't get stuff done. They can't get stuff done. They know that we're going into these midterms. They got to get as much push through as possible as we go into these midterms because they see these poll numbers. They see that Democrats as well as independents are not on board with these mandates. They're not on board with the the, the truth has come out that these these shots were never vaccines. Um, The idea that you have to get the one shot, then get a second shot, then a booster, and then a fourth shot, and then you still got to wear a mask and then you still got to be tested. And then even if it comes back that positive. But you don't have any symptoms. You got to sit at home. I, I mean, you, when 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 that's what you're what you're requiring in terms of your guidelines, you've lost the American people when it comes to these shots, and that's why it's interesting that Biden, as well in his in his address today. Regarding COVID, one of the things he talked about was therapeutics. Now, of course, he didn't talk about ivermectin. He didn't talk about hydroxychloroquine. He didn't talk about budesonide or any of the combination of regimens that are saving well, lives. Well, of course
2: not. But, you know, don't worry. Pfizer's got therapeutics on the way, Andrea. We're all fine here.
1: Yes, exactly. Because really, we're the, we're the United States of Pfizer right now, which is number two. It's actually not the number one um, uh, company that's had the most fraud claims against it, Um, but it's number two, $3 billion in uh, fines regarding fraud over 2 billion because they lied to the American people as to their drugs. And real quickly before we break Andrea, I've been talking
2: to a lot of people over the holidays and I have to tell you vaccinated or not pro vaccine or not. A lot of people are waking up and uh, they're done with all of this.
1: Absolutely. They're done. But you know what? We're not done here with the Pro-America Report. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pro-America Report, hosted by Ed Martin, who was out on a little sabbatical for the next uh, few days or so. But hang tight. I promise y'all he'll be back. I'm feeling a little bit like Kamala, right, whose poll numbers are really low. But I appreciate y'all hanging in there with me hey you, and you're going to be particularly glad you hung in here for this segment because we 've got Tony Lyons who's president and publisher of Skyhorse Books, who's here to talk about the numero uno the number one book in the country that actually half the country, if not most of the country, doesn 't even know about because it 's getting it 's getting completely um, Uh, blackballed or blacklisted, if you will, from the legacy media. The book is called The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. And it's by Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. Uh, Tony Lyons, welcome to the Pro-America Report.
3: Thanks so much for having me on.
1: Well, first of all, I want to thank you for naming the title of the book The Real Anthony Fauci instead of uh, The Real Dr. Fauci because right now, for those many of us out here, we're looking at him as being about as much of a real doctor as Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable on The Cosby Show.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so the story here is that The Real Anthony Fauci is the best-selling book in America, number one on uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, USA Today bestseller list, Publishers Weekly bestseller list. It was sort of blackballed by the New York Times and was listed as number seven, even though we can talk about that later, but it's it, that's a fascinating story. But so it's the number one best-selling book in America over a six-week period, selling over 500,000 copies. But there's not a single mainstream newspaper article about the contents of the book. You can't advertise for it on big tech platforms. Bookstores all around the country are refusing to carry it. Libraries are refusing to carry it. Even libraries that have signs at the front uh, saying that they support freedom of speech, but then they don't carry the book. So what's sort of happening now people like the idea of freedom of speech only when it supports what they believe. Right. So but it, when it doesn't, they use this word that we've all heard now, misinformation. So they <laughs> want to tell you that anything that they disagree with, anything that, that counters the mainstream narrative is misinformation. But we all know what that really is. I mean, this is a book that is, 200,000 words long, it's got 2,094 citations, it's got over 4,400 five-star reviews on Amazon. I mean, this is a book, it's a serious book, it's incredibly well-researched, and the narrative is to say anything bad that you can say about the author, but not cover the book at all. So they've been vilifying Robert Kennedy in every conceivable way. Uh, The AP, for example, had six investigative reporters looking into his life and into his nonprofit, just trying to find anything Mm -hmm. that would discredit him. But they didn't mention the book at all. So clearly all of these negative articles are just another form of censorship. So they don't want you to read the real Anthony Fauci they don't want you to hear this narrative and there are all these different forms of censorship that are mixed in together trying to to prevent people from getting to this information
1: well, hat tip to you for for publishing it and, and and getting it out there. And it just goes to show how many people are craving the truth, right? Given the fact that it is the number one book, even that nobody's even heard of it. Uh, you know, if they if they're getting their source of information from the legacy media. And Lanny Davis, Hillary Clinton's old BFF, he said many years ago, long before cancel culture, he said, "Look, when the left can't win the argument on its merits, it seeks to diminish the person with whom they disagree." So that's why they've got to go after Robert. Uh, you know, Ken. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on this. Let's talk a little bit about what's inside the book and what people are going to learn because, you you know, 500 pages is a lot of data and they're trying to bury this for the same reasons that they, Fauci buried the truth about therapeutics in order to hustle out and get people injected with these shots. Tell us what people are going to learn. Like maybe give us in, uh, you know, five or so minutes we've got left, maybe some of the three most important revelations that they're going to learn here.
3: Yeah, so one of the big revelations of the book is the incredible financial intent that Anthony Fauci has with uh, Big Pharma and the incredible system that he set up that makes public health all about making money. So this is all about guaranteeing a better and better return on investment for all kinds of people. But it's not about protecting public health. It's not about making Americans healthier. And that's something that comes through the book in chapter after chapter. So, you know, Anthony Fauci does everything that he can to help the people who he's working with to make more money even his retirement package that was disclosed in Forbes magazine yesterday shows that he's going to get more money when he retires than any public official in the history of the United States so that's $350,000 each year so that's
1: disgusting
3: yeah so you know what you see here is you know Robert F Kennedy Jr is Writing this book for nine months, literally 16 hours a day. I mean, I watched him do it, and he put his 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 heart and soul into this book. He did incredible research. He had a whole team of people helping him with the research to make sure that it was really right. And then it was vetted by doctors and lawyers and scientists. And it has a blurb from a you know a, a positive comment from a Nobel Prize winner. I mean, this is a serious book and it shows all kinds of wrongdoing and corruption on the part of Dr. Fauci over six years. And, you know, this is a serious story that demands congressional hearing into all kinds of things. So, I mean, it is, it is hard to kind of boil down, but the entire AIDS crisis is a, is a similar type of story to the, to the COVID crisis. And there are two chapters on, on that. There chapters on the experimenting that, uh, Fauci authorized on people in poor countries all around the world in, uh, uh, children in the United States who were in in foster care, um, uh, experimentation that was done on, on dogs in various ways. I mean, these are just awful stories, but, but the worst part of it is, is the total lack of interest in public health and the focus on making money for the people who he's partnering with and for himself.
1: Right, I mean it's, it's he's like the financial Mangala right? Because this is all about making money. And I don't, and I, we don't know exactly how many people actually died from COVID, um, versus somebody dies in a motorcycle accident. It's labeled a COVID death, but we, you know, we don't know how many actually died from COVID. Then you, then from that number though, probably at least 80% or maybe 85% could have, could have lived had they been given therapeutics that were denied. That literally killed Americans in this country so that he could rake up money for himself and for others with these shots that are also killing people. And this is an abomination. Yeah. This man deserves to be in prison. Wrap us up. Uh Tony Lyons.
3: Yeah. So the, the the claims in this book, you know, being censored. I mean, the real Anthony Fauci makes incredible claims of of corruption, of the worst kind of possible corruption. And if Fauci had anything to come back with, if he had answers to any of these allegations, he would do it. If he had a better argument, on any of these issues, he would make them and he wouldn't need censorship. But he's taking part in all these different facets of censorship. And there's really no question that he's doing that. Even his his recent comment about uh, Mr. Kennedy saying that he's disturbed. So somebody accuses you of a lifetime of corruption that is negatively impacting the lives of millions of people. And your response is Not to contradict any of those allegations, but to say that the person making that. So if you think about that, you know, why does Dr. Fauci not want you to read this book? And that ought to make you want to know what's in it. Well,
1: it makes me want to read it, and everybody I know is going to want to read it. And I know Christmas was last week, but it's not too late to be buying this book for people. Everybody that you know, make sure a copy gets in people's hands because the truth needs to get out there about this man. I know there's a certain percentage of our population that will never accept the truth because it's easier to con people than to convince them that they've been conned. But the fact that this is a number one book right now tells me there's a whole lot of Americans that are thirsty for the truth about Fauci, and they need to hear it. Uh, The book is The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates big pharma and the global war on democracy and public health by robert f kennedy jr get it on amazon um and i thank you tony lyons for publishing this book and being here today thank you so much and god bless and please tell mr kennedy that we appreciate him and his efforts
3: i definitely will thanks so much for having me on
1: thank you all right y'all stay tuned because coming up next we've got our final segment and with the what you need to do don't go away Welcome back to the Pro-America Report with Andrea Kay, filling in for Ed Martin, who will be back real soon, we promise. We'll keep you updated on when he's going to return. Speaking of returns, we've got Todd Bensman with us from the Center of Immigration Studies with us. And I, I love having him on as a guest, except that the reports that he gives us about what's going on with the border is truly horrifying. <laughs> but but you got to know it, right? So, uh, Todd Bensman, thank you for being with us.
4: Good to be here. Sorry I couldn't come with a Happy Meal.
1: <laughs> well, nowadays you can't get a happy, happy meal at McDonald's without showing a health pass. Explain that yeah, one to me, be Todd Bensman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for those of you who haven't heard uh, Todd before in Pro America Report, uh, he does amazing actual journalism and reporting of what's happening at the border um, every week, if not more, with his articles. But he's also the author of America's Covert Border War. And you guys need to read that book. So you've got breaking news today on an Afghan person who was abducted or uh, here um, brought into custody. Not far from me. I'm in San Diego. Calexico isn't that far from me. What do you have to tell us about this person, Todd?
4: Right. So it was shared with me a uh, Border Patrol incident report that an Afghan was caught at the southern border coming in through Mexico, presumably after having traveled a very long uh, long haul route through South America and Central America and I just point out that you know we are catching Afghans at the southern border too and Afghans matter to us uh, since the fall of Kabul uh, just a few months of, a few months ago because Afghans have a pretty high degree of as a population of involvement in jihadist terrorist activity Uh, a great many afghans fought against us in the war a great many uh, have been raised institutionally with jihadist ideals of violence and there's al-qaeda and isis franchises in the country and when afghans show up at our border they're Uh, usually completely without any identification and they just say my name is Mickey Mouse let me in I claim asylum and uh, I think that most Americans are probably unaware that Afghans are crossing the border without any Mm -hmm. American permission there's no special immigrant visa Uh, there's no vetting there's no bar they have to hit they get to claim asylum which is a very low bar to entry into the United States permanently.
1: Well, not only that, but anytime anybody, wherever they're from, comes here and says, you know, they're given instructions down south of the border on what to say, um, that they're given the exact words to say that's to set them up for being an asylum seeker. But then they're they're released at you know with a promise to appear. Basically, it's insane. But the, this, uh, people aren't necessarily upset when they hear that an Afghani. Um, I said abductor earlier. That wasn't the word that I meant to use. Um, he was brought into custody um, in, in Calexico. People think – well, uh, they've been given the impression, particularly on the, the fall of Kabul, that um, all the Afghanis there are our friends and that everybody coming into the country, whether it's the southern border or whether it was on a plane uh, paid for by the U.S. government and our tax dollars, that all, they're, they're all our allies over there, right? That's what, that's what so many Americans right. are led to believe, and that's not the truth.
4: Yeah, they, they, uh, you know, they worked as interpreters for our soldiers. They, you know, fixed for us. They took care of, uh, you know, clothing and cooking and things like that. And so they deserve to enter the United States. And that may be true for, you know, a few hundred Afghans total over the 20 years. I mean, maybe six or 700 I've heard were actual combat interpreters serving in combat. Uh, zones uh, side by side with our soldiers, by all means, we should uh, do what we can to make sure they and their families are let in. But these are hundreds of thousands of Afghans that are all claiming this kind of tangential involvement with the Americans as a a grounds for for entering the country. And, you know, we just shouldn't let everybody and anybody in because there are many examples, and I point this out in my piece today at CIS.org, uh, in the blogs, that we have had quite a few cases of Afghanis who were, went through full security vetting and turned out to be attackers, inside attackers anyway. Uh, we have um, one Afghan who crossed in 2018 into Texas, who turned out to be a Taliban intelligence uh, officer, Uh, Mm -hmm. He was fired from the military, the American military, and couldn't get a visa. So, what did he do? He turned around and, for $16,000, got himself into Brownsville, Texas. And it turns out Mm -hmm. that, you know, he was a, a super bad guy.
1: Yeah, and how much of our taxpayer, how much of our our own money went to, to for that for that sixteen grand, right? But look, even if the even if somebody was an interpreter, look, we didn't go to Afghan uh, Afghanistan twenty years ago as as uh, as a part of our immigration process. That wasn't supposed to be the point of us going over there, right? That we were going to go over there and then we're going to bring all these Afghanis here. This wasn't supposed to be about an uh, you know um, an importation of Afghanistan. That wasn't supposed to be the goal. We were supposed to be going there. I, well, I actually don't even think that I, it was ever defined what the mission was. Therefore, we couldn't get a definition of a, of a win, and uh, that's, that's a topic for another day. Um, but I'm not even sure, in other words, that I think that the 700 or so that we actually worked in some way to help us del- d- deserve to come here either because even if you're not – I'm going to say what t- too many people are afraid to say, Todd Benzman, that even if you're not, uh, you know, technically part of the Taliban or, or you didn't actually, you know, pick up a, a weapon and shoot a, a, at American, that doesn't mean you're compatible with our system of governance here. And Islam. Well, that's,
4: that's well put. Yeah. The,
1: right. I mean, it, it, you know. It, yeah. Right. So, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think that the. One of the things that President Trump said in 2016 was that we need to be smart about our immigration system. We need to bring people here on a merit-based reason that have something to contribute, not going to come here and be dependent on us, which all of these people will. We don't have the ability to vet who actually wants to cut our head off or fly a plane into a building. That's worst case. Best case is we got people coming here and you know, Islam is primarily a political ideology and they want to turn us into Dearbornistan, and we don't really have the means to stop that yet.
4: Hey, that's funny you say that. Yeah, I've been to Dearborn, uh, Michigan, and uh, yeah, that fits. That's a good, a good descriptor. But listen, uh, one thing that people need to keep in mind is about resettling Afghans. Is that we, we have a very recent live laboratory of resettling Afghans in Europe. Uh, They started coming in large waves in 2015, 2016, settling all through Germany and France. And within a very short time, they were involved in so many terror attacks and murders and also uh, sprees of rape and other kinds of uh, super weird third world crime that the Europeans had to come up with a schematic to find and deport them and, uh, decline them for asylum and actually pay them to leave. Uh, they have been, the Europeans have been trying to remove Afghans from their territory for, uh, four or five years straight now. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because it didn't work out (laughs) a whole lot of of, for in a whole lot of ways.
1: Right. This this person who came here, Nasiri, I think his name is, uh, what do we know about him yeah. and his connections?
4: Not a whole lot. I mean, he could very well just be somebody who doesn't want to live under Taliban rule. Uh, we just have no idea at this point. Uh, what, what we do know is he's 29. Uh, he's uh, obviously military age in Afghanistan if you're 29, and uh, that means that you've got about... 15 years of combat-ready age experience Mm -hmm. under your belt over there. And, um, you know, we don't know what he did, uh, why he's here, why he didn't go through the legal process. But I can tell you that we have Afghans cross that border all the time, not in hundreds or huge numbers, uh, but they do come through. There is a route that, uh allows Afghans who can find the money to end run our whole legal immigration system that everybody's arguing about, whether we should let more in or less in and all right. that. They decide when they want to come in. And when they do, they take advantage of an asylum system, not the immigration right. visa system that is incredibly broken. Uh, and will almost certainly allow every Afghan who makes it to the border who doesn't have a terror record on him, to get into the country
1: and you know what the democrats are just the reason why they want this open borders because this is their constituency this is who the for decades now the democrats have been partnering with the islamist because the one thing that they share is the idea of a centralized system of power with complete control over its citizens and that's why the democrats are doing nothing to stop this encouraging it and enabling it's it. why they created the chaos in kabul for the excuse to bring many of them here and uh, you're the only one reporting on this issue todd bensman thank you so much for being here everybody needs to read this article and all of his articles at cas.org and get his book america's covert border war thank you so much
4: thank you for having me i appreciate it
1: all right till next week all right now you guys stay tuned because we've got more pro america report on its way
2: this is the phyllis schlafly report presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of phyllis schlafly Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
5: When it comes to vaccines, the right side of the Supreme Court has been slow in recognizing that there's no constitutional authority for mandates by Biden or any public entity. If justices don't want to find a constitutional right not to be vaccinated, they should at least recognize that there's no constitutional authority to order people to be vaccinated against their will. The flaws in President Biden's vaccine mandate include a lack of any proper congressional authorization, a lack of validity under the U.S. Constitution, and an improper delegation of power to an obscure federal agency known as the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA for short. OSHA was established to protect against injuries to workers. It's hardly the branch of government that should be changing the lives of nearly 100 million Americans. Yet that is what Biden's vaccine mandate was designed to do. Biden's approval rating and that of his vice president are plummeting as a result of these decisions. Kamala Harris's approval rating fell to a low of only 28 percent in a USA Today Suffolk poll. Biden's rating in that same poll was not much better, down to 38 percent. The unpopularity of vaccine mandates can be felt far outside the White House. A Republican truck driver in southern New Jersey named Ed Durr spent only $153 on his campaign, and yet he defeated the most powerful Democrat in the state Senate of New Jersey, a man named Steve Sweeney. Southern New Jersey has turned from blue to red, showing that the GOP can retake the Northeast, at least in various places. Sweeney had been slow to concede defeat, yet the liberal media didn't blame him as its savage Donald Trump. Democrat Congressman Donald Norquist from New Jersey predicted even more Republican landslide victories next year in the midterms. In Virginia, Republicans swept into statewide offices and even recaptured the House Assembly after years of control by Democrats. Transgender crime in public school bathrooms resulted in surprise victories in Virginia, while the oppressive vaccine mandates probably played a role, too. If Democrats don't take a hint, they surely won't be taking any seats.
2: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. I'm Andrea K. filling in today for Ed Martin. Hey, uh, do follow Ed on Twitter. I know there's lots of people moving off of Twitter, particularly because people are really angry right now that um, the uh, it, ISIS, I think it is, still has a Twitter account. The Taliban still has a Twitter account. But Marjorie Taylor Greene just got banned. Dr. Robert Malone just got banned. Donald J. Trump is, is banned from Twitter. However, there's still lots of people on, on Twitter. And we respect that if y'all want to stay over there. Hey, our, our Buddy Ed Martin is on Twitter, so if you are a fan of Twitter, do follow Ed at Eagle Ed over there, and when you hashtag, use hashtag ProAmericaReport and hashtag P-A-R. All right, so at the top of the show, we talked about what you need to know in terms of the narrative shifts that are going on from the communists in the CDC and the Democrat Party and their mouthpieces in the media as well as industries like the NFL, and I think it's clear as technical director Noah and I were talking about, this is a shift obviously for for politics obviously obviously for votes they're having to move from because from the far left extreme fringe of this because the truth or maybe they they, they took hillary
2: clinton's advice
1: (laughs) yes that's exactly what it is i mean they they can only continue to lie so much before the american people completely tune them out so they've got to shift because they cannot they can't stay out in front of the truth any longer with their lies but it's because it's like hillary said she said desperately hoping that she's going to get to throw her hat in the ring for 24 she said you know this you, you you can't move to the left Before the midterm. So they're not and and there has been no sudden shift to the left. They've been far left. They've been blatantly communistic. And so now they're trying to move to the center as we go into the midterms. And, And what we need to do as a result is we need to continue. We need to not be going, oh, yay. Things are, you know, things are correcting themselves. We're now going to get back to normal. I'm going to be able to throw my mask away. Everything's going to be good. We need to not fall victim to the idea of we've been hoping so much to get our lives back and our country back that we don't, that we think that the evil is subsiding.
2: The evil is not subsiding and they have no plan on giving up control. They're just shifting things a bit because they have no choice.
1: Absolutely. Now it's going to be you're there. There, Fauci's not resigning, right? If this, if there, there was any hope of this ending at the end of twenty two, fa- in terms of the communist controls, Fauci would have resigned. Fauci isn't. Fauci is staying in his position because they have. Continued plans for these boosters and these shots. They have continued plans on forcing out these Pfizer drugs on us, which probably are going to. I expect down the road. My prediction is those are going to be mandated at some point at, in terms of prevention. That what the communistic plan is going to be is shifting from the shots. To these pills in the form of of a mandate, they're Jeez, not makes going you wonder to wonder what's
2: up. in the pills, Andrea.
1: Exactly, um, and we don't even know what's in the Pfizer shots because the FDA asked that they they not have to release any data on these what, shots. 55 for fifty five years, fifty five years, right? So, and we're probably never going to know what's in these pills, and people are going to be lining up to take these pills, like you know, like in you know, um, Girl Interrupted or whatever the movie was, or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I think they were forced to take pills too. So we cannot take our foot off the gas. We cannot be stupid and think 2022 is a lock for us to take over the House. We cannot think that this means that the Democrats are catching up to science and they're going to start giving us our freedoms back. And what is that? Uh, ultimately, then what we should we be doing, Technical Director Noah? We need to be getting involved. We need to be continuing to push. We need to be continuing, first of all, to push back against the tyranny by saying no. Right. Um, There should be no company right now, regardless of SCOTUS, that's requiring any employee to get a shot or be tested. Right. Um, We uh, we know going forward that so much of the tyranny has been implemented at the local level. That means we need to be putting pressure on our local officials and we need to be running for office. Right. We need to be running for office at city council, county supervisors. We need to be running for office or paying attention to who's running for sheriff and police chief, because these are the people that have been implementing the tyranny. Especially like
2: you hear, Andrea, about Joe Biden pushing things back to the state level, which is a lot more Mm -hmm. local. So if we have a lot of these local areas controlled, things are pushed back to the states. It's really going to come down to who's at those local offices that's actually going to stand up for freedom.
1: Right. And one of the things that's we're not – we're seeing more of a shift um, when, when we went through that list on the shift. There was more of a shift on things like immunity or shots or testing this and this. Not enough of a shift on the schools. They're going to continue to enact the reign of terror using children in Using the, the schools, kids. Abusing the kids. Using the kids. So we've got to be going to school board meetings. Too many conservatives think and just uh, – uh, of Americans think that if they don't have a kid in school, that what's going on in the schools doesn't affect them. That's the breeding ground. That's the, that's where they're going to be churning out little socialist soldiers for the States. So we've got to continue to be at, to be active there. Um, and speaking to being active, one of the things you need to do is you need to be tuning in to pro-america report every day Uh, i will continue to be here we'll be letting you guys know uh, soon on a possible date on ed's return you can go listen to any past episodes at proamericareport.com and we're going to continue to bring you guys all things that you need to know for conservatism and what you need to do as um, the week goes on and into 2022 thank you guys for being here